This is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore. I've got a a special surprise for you today. It's actually a a gift um, that myself and a couple of friends, we've been kind of quietly making a movie for actually on and off in between my last few films. um, For the better part of, I'm going to say close to a decade, we've been making a film. in between all of our other work and we finished the film and while we've been uh, uh, quarantined here over the last, this is day 43 for me, in addition to doing the rumble podcast, um, we have been putting the final touches on a brand new movie and we have decided that um, instead of waiting to come out of the pandemic, instead of, you know, getting, the distributor and getting our theatrical release and all the wonderful things that you hope to have with a movie that this movie is, is so important and so necessary right now. And we're so proud of it. And we have literally spent um, a good chunk of our lives on it uh, that we have decided to release it today. So in true Beyonce fashion uh, where she just wakes up one morning and drops a brand new album um, online on the internet, that's what we're doing right now. That's what I'm doing. I am, I am um, releasing a film. In fact, I just, I just hit send. So it is going live right now uh, as we speak. It's called Planet of the Humans. Planet of the Humans. That's its title. It, um, it, uh, you can uh, watch it right now or after this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just go to Michael Moore on YouTube. YouTube channel, Michael Moore. Um, but there will also be a link. If you don't want to do it, just click on the link on this podcast platform on the description of today's episode. The link is right there. Um, the movie, which I'm the executive producer of, uh, my a good friend and co-producer of, um, he was the co-producer of Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 9-11. Um, his name is Jeff Gibbs. This is his first film, though, his debut film as a director, writer, director, editor of this incredible uh, documentary that I'm so proud to be part of and so happy to be able to share it with you today, free of charge. It's all free, of course. And uh, um, we don't care about anything other than you watching this and, and starting a conversation here on the eve of the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. Earth Day is tomorrow. And um, we we care so deeply about this issue of our environment and our planet. And we have been um, uh, upset for many years and worried that we may have been on the wrong road to saving this planet. And so we started this project. Jeff really started it. And, um, and it's a film that asks some very heavy questions that presents information to you that I'm certain you don't know. Um, it, it may be a controversial film, especially amongst the people on the left of those of us who, you know, we, we, Jeff and myself and Ozzy, the uh, producer, um, Ozzy Zennert is the producer. Jeff Gibbs is the director. We are, uh, you know, grateful for those who have spent years fighting for this environment that we have, fighting climate change and all the other things. But uh, folks, if this pandemic, if it hasn't, if it's shown us anything, it's that that um, 
things are unraveling in nature on this planet. Um, this isn't happening by accident and we all need to wake up and wake up very quick. And we need to be going down uh, a different road or different roads than the ones that we've been on during these 50 years since the first Earth Day. Grateful to everybody who um, has done what they've done, but also we've become wise to some of the things that have been happening with the so-called green energy movement that are anything but green energy and um, have not made things better worldwide. We need young people to take over, to take up, pick up the mantle that has been dropped by the generations before you that couldn't fix it, tried to fix it, did good things. We got a clean air act. We got a clean water act. We did. There were good things that have happened, but it wasn't enough. And we have failed. And this pandemic is just a little piece of it, of how we haven't been paying attention and we haven't been doing the right fixes so that we wouldn't be in the situation. And I got a feeling that what we're going through right now is just a coming attraction for what's going to happen in the collapse of this planet, of its ecosystem. This is just spring training for that, which is going to kill us off. I refuse to be killed off. So, so I've been part of this film with Jeff and Ozzy um, since the beginning. And um, we finally finished it. Uh, this past year and have been working on the post and all the other final things. And, and now this gives me a chance to present it to you, to the public, to present it on our, on, you know, we have a YouTube site, the Michael Moore, I mean, it's my Michael Moore channel on YouTube. And um, I met with the YouTube people and I said to them, what would you think? Um, I met virtually with them. Obviously, nobody's meeting anybody anymore. Um, what would you think if I released my next film, uh, film that I executive produced? What would you think if I released that on YouTube? Would you would you get behind it? Would you help us? Could you make this happen like quickly? And and uh, they were so incredible. Yes, absolutely. So we've been working with these very good people at YouTube um, to release. Um, a, a film that I'm presenting, a Michael Moore film, not that I, not one that I executive produce again. I didn't, I didn't direct this. Jeff directed it, but um, to have this up for free on YouTube with the support of the whole apparatus there um, gave me heart. Gave it, it, it uh, I'm, I've been heartened by the response to this. Um, I am also going to be on Stephen Colbert tonight. Uh, I'll be his main guest uh, here. On, this is Tuesday night, by the way, Tuesday night, April 21st, if you're listening to this later. Um, otherwise, you can go back and, and watch the Colbert um, episode on on demand or however you watch old uh, stuff that's already appeared on TV. Um, I will be uh, Stephen's guest tonight. And we'll talk about this and we'll talk about some other things that are going on. Uh, this is This is my first appearance on television in over six weeks, um, I have been in my own self-imposed uh, exile here and um, um, have focused on this podcast as my main uh, work, but also in finishing this film with Jeff and Ozzy and Basil here, the executive producer of this podcast, um, we have been talking for some time, and I've shared this with you since the beginning, that 
Um, we are focused completely on this podcast, but we know we need to do more. And there's more that this podcast can do. There's more that my, that Rumble can do. And so we've been, we've been working on some ideas, some things that uh, we will share with you in the uh, coming weeks. Um, and we hope that you can be part of it. We hope that you can support it in whatever way you can. But, but we know right now is there's, there's not a day to waste on any of this stuff that we're facing. And as I've, as I've explained to you, the three viruses that are confronting us, the coronavirus, the Trump virus, and the virus that gave us Trump and gave us this pandemic and everything else that we're fighting and struggling with existed long before Trump, the way that we have structured our society. All those things that need to be fixed, we have to fix it. We have to eradicate that virus. We cannot come out of this pandemic going back to the same old ways. That's over. That is over. You know it's over. Take heart in that. Find strength in that. And and this film, Planet of the Humans, will will be my first attempt beyond the Rumble podcast to use our Rumble media. That's our that's our site here, our main site, rumble.media. Um, there's a lot more we can do. And there's a lot more that we're cooking up and we want you to be part of it. So we'll tell you about it as we're doing the, the cooking and the baking. Um, we'll tell you even before it comes out of the oven, um, because this is the moment, you know, it, this is the moment we say enough. This is the moment we create a better society and a better world. And then uh, tomorrow night um, on earth day night, on Wednesday night, um, we're going to do a live stream on my YouTube channel. It'll also be on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter, all, you know, most of my social media platforms um, at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, a special live um, uh, uh, streaming with yours truly and, um, and Jeff and Ozzy and you can ask us questions. We can start the discussion right now about Planet of the Humans and what we're saying in this film. What we've been doing has not worked. Those in charge have profit motive that runs them, and we are not saving the planet as a result of it. So thank you, Greta, for your inspiration. Thank you to all of you who've done what you can do to help save this planet in the, in the years leading up to this. It's, we haven't won the battle. We're losing the battle. We can win the battle. I am telling you, we can win this battle to save this great earth, to save this good earth. We'll be right back on the other side of, of me telling you about our underwriters. I can't wait to talk to you about this, this film that we just dropped online right now, Planet of the Humans. But first, uh, let me say that I'm, I'm very happy to announce that uh, we have a, another new underwriter uh, for this podcast. Uh, so we're very happy and proud uh, to have ExpressVPN uh, join us. ExpressVPN stands, VPN, um, if you are not tech savvy, stands for Virtual Private Network and allows you to protect your privacy and your security when you're online. And some of the people in our last film, who were, when we were working on the film, uh, used this. And uh, 
you know, we have to, when we're making a movie, especially the kind of movies I make, you have to be kind of careful so that the uh, the right or the wrong people don't find out uh, what you're up to. And uh, ExpressVPN is it's sort of the premier group that does this uh, very thing. Uh, it encrypts uh, all of your data uh, so that it's protected from hackers and anybody else that's trying to uh, possibly check up on you. And uh, I'm so happy that they've decided that they want to underwrite this show so that this podcast can come to you. And I thank them uh, for doing this. Um, in return, they are going to have this offer. If you sign up for like a one-year thing with them, they'll make the first three months free. If you, when you go to them at expressvpn.com and go slash rumble, when you type that in, and you'll get three months free, uh, expressvpn.com slash rumble. Okay, we are back, and we have just released online a surprise film for all of you out there, uh, a film that uh, I've been working on as executive producer, um, along with uh, two other people, the the writer, director, editor, chief camera person. <laughs> um, I think you did sound, too. The, the amazing uh, Jeff Gibbs. This is his first film. It's Planet of the Humans. And just um, seconds ago, we uh, released it on my YouTube channel. If you go to the Michael Moore YouTube channel, um, you will find Planet of the Humans. And um, this film has is, is really been years in the making. Uh, uh, Jeff has been a number of things throughout his life in terms of his, his work life, but he has been a lifelong environmentalist. And um, in addition uh, to that, he uh, has uh, uh, been the co-producer on three of my films, including uh, Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 9-11. And um, he's also a, a film composer. Uh, he scores uh, movies, and which he's done for me. But, but, um, but this idea uh, came up, I think, many years ago in Jeff's head that we needed to look at this um, whole idea of the environment and what we're doing to, to save it, to make it better differently. And he and I, and our third guest or second guest actually on the, on the episode today, uh, Ozzy Zenner. Ozzy is the producer of this film and also wrote an amazing book uh, called Green Illusions. And we are going to jump right into this. And, and I know for some people listening to this, this you're going to hear things that usually are not discussed anytime around Earth Day, if ever. And we, the three of us, feel very strongly about why this film uh, was made and what we hope it will do. And we ask you to um, put on your critical thinking caps right now as we get into this discussion of how... Um, how concerned we are about the state of this planet and how what we've been doing um, has done little uh, or nothing to, to take, to take us away from the edge of the cliff that we're on. 
And there's, we just thought in releasing this film and it's free, by the way, uh, at least for the first month here, it's free. It's a gift from us uh, to you because we want you to watch this because we're living through this God awful pandemic right now. And if this is just a taste of what the world has to deal with when it comes to how nature interacts with us, what we have to tell you on this podcast today um, is going to, I hope, make you even more committed uh, to realizing that we have been on the wrong road. We are on the wrong road. And, um, and we welcome this discussion. We need for this discussion to happen because if we continue, um, we're, we're, we're going to be totally up the creek here, folks. I think you already know this anyways, but let me welcome uh, Jeff Gibbs and Ozzy Zenner uh, to Rumble here today. Welcome. Thanks, Michael. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. So let's just dive right into it. Jeff, how serious is the uh, tragedy, I guess, the oncoming tragedy, the ongoing tragedy that we're facing right now with this planet, with the environment? What, what, where are we at? How did we get here? And, and how do we swerve to avoid that cliff that I believe, and I think you believe we're on in the process of going over? Wow. How did we get here? Um, you know, we got here because there's so much momentum to who we are as humans. Um, it's very difficult to change course. And then suddenly we change course in a day or a week, like we did with this pandemic. So, um, you know, we've been on this course for thousands of years. Um, but the, specifically right now, uh, it's, we're on the, it's the eve of Earth Day. And, um, you know, in my lifetime, you know, we're the Earth Day generation, wouldn't you say? Yes, we were the first Earth Day. You and I were sophomores in high school. Yeah, I remember my biology teacher talking about Earth Day. And I thought, wow, an adult actually talked about the environment. Uh, in my like conservative side of town uh, where people didn't talk about such things. And uh, really I started to, um, you know, as I kind of, we all started to live our life and got different careers and worked on different things. And always, I always remained an environmentalist. I tried to, you know, live simply and uh, live in the woods, grow my own food, uh, recycle, you know, go to the protests, um, you know, and I began to write about the environment to think about it as I got older, but um, just something kind of snapped um, quite a while ago now. Maybe it was even before Katrina, if, um, where I realized that during my lifetime, things weren't getting better. They were getting worse. And I just looked around and thought, why are we acting like everything's normal? Nothing's normal. And I also thought to myself, someday there's going to be an event that we can't predict that's going to change everything. And the question is, will it change everything in a way that we can become aware and recover or change everything in a way that collapse is inevitable and unavoidable? And lo and behold, right when we're releasing the movie, it seems like that time has arrived when we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether we're going to recover from this. We'd like to believe we are. We also don't know whether we're going to wake up from the pandemic. So that, that, that edge that I feared is, is here. And, and what are we going to do with it? But the thing that's driven me is, is as I really started to explore the state of the planet and the state of biodiversity, not just the climate, but, um, 
you know, the pollution that circles the globe and all the tripwires. You know, we don't even know what all these toxins that we've circulated around the planet are going to do. All the plastics. Um, I just thought that, I just began to realize that it's just so much worse uh, than we think. And because our lives just have a certain momentum to them, you know, we just go on day by day by day. So this horrible tragedy that we're having now, uh, which I wish didn't happen, I wish wasn't here, and uh, none of us know who's going to, you know, who's going to be affected by it. We're all being affected by it. None of us know who's going to survive this. But um, this is our one chance to get this, to get this right. And the movie is really um, the story of my discovering we didn't get it right. And it's easy enough to look at the other side and see how they're crazy. I mean, they definitely are crazy. You know, job one is to get rid of the, uh, the people that are uh, basically, I think the right is suicidal. But I think we also have our own blind spots. And if we don't correct our own blind spots, I think w- there's no hope at all. There may be only a little hope if we do, but I'll take that chance. So, um, really, when it's a say, life- Yeah, when you say our, our blind, meaning on this side of the political fence, not on We the, environmentalists, the we on the left. Uh-huh, right. Um, because, because as you point out in this film, Planet of the Humans, that um, the electric car um, is not going to save us. In fact, actually, it may be contributing to our demise. And you go through this whole list of, of things in the film that I think most people listening to this would think, well, no things, there are some things that have gotten better, you know, solar energy, wind energy, um, uh, you know, electric cars. Um, isn't that Elon Musk guy doing something good? Um, it, 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 and then there's all these environmental groups that have, you know, worked very hard to, but in the movie, you say no. I mean, you call BS on on this stuff, starting with things like solar and wind and the electric car and all that. Can you just take a minute or two and explain uh, to people who otherwise up until this moment thought, well, yes, the, the, the environment is in bad shape and there's all this climate emergency going on. But, but we do have a lot of work happening with uh, green energy and these things that are going to save us. Yeah. The thing that we've kept, one of our blind spots is we kept, we've kept ourselves just like you don't want to understand how your hot dog is made, right? You really don't want to know. You don't want to see that. Don't, don't add that to the show. Don't tell us. We don't want to know. Okay. (laughs) But yes, we don't want to know what's in the hot dog, but are you telling, so you're, you're what you, what you seem to explain. And and I've obviously I've seen the film, but I'm, I'm like, you really do strip the hot dog down in terms of what's in that solar panel or what's in that wind turbine or that electric car. Yeah, the planet doesn't want us to have a billion of anything. So we've got how many billions of of normal uh, internal combustion engine cars flying down the highways. And somehow we imagine it's going to be green to have a billion and then another billion and then another billion chunks of steel and aluminum and copper and rare earth metals and cobalt in the form of an electric car screaming down the highway. Somehow we're going to, those vehicles are just going to magically appear from nothing. Yeah. So even if they yeah, were charged that's, that's by right. they are. renewable and, and, and energy. And what, where's the, but, but at least the electric car isn't using fossil fuel. You know, that's not going to the gas station. That's well, what we're told. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Ozzy can chime in here. Uh, the electric car doesn't use any fossil fuels, right, Ozzy? Well, see, the, the trick is, is a little bit of a, a shell game because 
when you have an electric car, you see this thing going down the highway. You don't see anything coming out of its tailpipe, and that's where we're used to looking for emissions. What you don't realize is the reason electric cars are a little pricey up front is because they're using an incredible amount of fossil fuel to create the thing in the first place. So over the lifespan of the car, uh, at least according to the National Academy's you know, studies, which have done the, the largest uh, research on this, you end up basically back where you began because you, you're, you, you're building things uh, out of aluminum, and aluminum uses roughly eight times the energy to create as steel. And so you have these trade-offs that are occurring behind the scenes uh, end up accruing in the cost, uh, and you end up you know, back in the same position where you're, you're having something with a large environmental pr- footprint. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to move something down a road at 55 miles an hour. Uh, and you don't get around that with an electric car. You just uh, get a different set of side effects. And here now we've spent several minutes talking about the electric car. Um, and what is the electric car? It's just an alternative profit center for capitalism, for this giant industrial machine that's destroying the planet and it's distracted us from talking about what we really need to talk, what we really need to talk about, which is when are we going to have stop, stop having so many cars to begin with? When are we going to stay home more? When are we going to slow this juggernaut that's destroying the planet? You know, since earth day, our human population has doubled since earth day, our global economy has increased by four times. Mm. And alongside of that, Wildlife has declined by 50%. You know, you can look at any species and you see that the, the, there's this collapse curve that kind of parallels the, hum- the rise in humans. We're now seeing the demise of bees and butterflies. The last gorillas and orangutans and chimpanzees are among us. The last wild ones, you know, and as our human presence expands, all of these things decline. 90% of the fish in the ocean are gone. Um, but do you hear any, you know, we're, we're trying to fix things piecemeal. Mm-hmm. And so every minute we spend talking about when are we going to get more electric cars? When are we going to get more solar panels? That's just the story of more. And as you see in the film, uh, solar panels also have the same kind of blind spot where how long did it take us Ozzy, to figure out how solar panels were made? You can't even look it up online. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. We were it's just glass, right? It's just some glass things on the roof, right? <laughs> I don't want to give away too much from the film now, so we have to yeah. be careful. But um, not well. You should now that Jeff raised it. We should, you know, take a, take a second and explain that because I think that people, I think the public is kept somewhat ignorant in order to be kept hopeful, and because hope will translate into the, um, well, you explain this in the film, the profit centers. That, that we call green energy. Yeah, let's say what's in the film because what the hell, you know, we don't know what, for even to have a YouTube and, or a, we don't know if right. we can have an internet in a month or a week or whatever. Right. So let's just go for it. Yeah. Just that you may just want to like cut and paste the link. <laughs> if you want to go to, go to the, the YouTube channel, but this is, yeah, you're, no, you're absolutely right. In this pandemic, anything can happen right now. So yeah, I first um, wondered whether, yeah. I thought, well, they come from glass. They come from sand. Where's the sand come from? They must use a lot of sand. So I spent months and months trying to figure out where the sand was because I knew there was a solar panel factory in Michigan. So finally, I got a hold of Ozzy and said, do you have any idea uh, how these things are made? And then I don't know if, what you went through trying to find out, Ozzy. Gosh, it, it took a while because it was very 
it, it was a journey because we thought, I wonder if they're getting the sand from the sand dunes because, you know, they're in Michigan. And so we started looking into it and the, and the deeper and deeper we got, uh, we found out, oh no, it's, it's, it's much worse than that. <laughs> and uh, and they, we discovered they don't make it from sand at all. Yeah, they use rare mined quartz. Uh, and from one special mine in North America, they ship it often halfway across the world to be smelted with coal. And you can't even make a solar panel without coal. So that's one of the mind-blowing awarenesses that you'll see in the film is that every single thing in our lives, especially high technology like solar panels, wind turbines, electric cars, uses vast amounts of fossil energy, especially carbon. You can't make these things without carbon. So, so when I hear people say they're carbon free, I just can't even imagine. I wonder, do they, do they, do they know? They don't even know how these things are made or if yeah, they do it's know. It's easy to find this out. And it's, it's, it's kind of in our society. It's a, it's a forbidden knowledge too, because if you did know that solar cells and wind turbines were, were, were built from carbon and, and fossil fuels. And, and if you really came to grapple with that, then it's kind of like saying, well, your legacy is pointless. Unless you overlook these observations, which has been very convenient for us to do, because it's it's easy to just kind of avoid that or put it out of your mind or say, you know, well, yeah, I, I realize it takes a little bit of you know energy to create it, but then you get this free energy uh, for a really long time afterward, and that's a seductive story, uh, but but it but it's just a story, and it and it really isn't the case. But we we feel good when we're going down the highway, and we see a wind farm, and we think, oh. That's so beautiful. We're going to be saved. And then, but what we don't see and what you point out in the film is that oftentimes across the road from the wind farm or um, from the solar panel uh, farm, um, whether it's across the road or someplace else within the energy system, these things can't survive without having a fossil fuel plant going nonstop because for just common sense reasons, you don't need to be a scientist to figure this out. The wind isn't always blowing and the sun isn't always out. So as a backup, there has to be a fossil fuel plant when they build these things. Would you explain that to people? Because I, this was uh, this was news to me. I didn't, you know, I did just think, well, the wind is blowing and there's the windmill turning and it's free energy and it's going into the grid somewhere. Yeah, when I first um, read Ozzy's book, I noticed a chart that um because you know we all know that the wind is variable and the sun's variable and you know we have this thing every day called night in which the sun doesn't work in michigan we have this thing called oh um november december january february march where there's hardly any sun you're being um, kind there it's <laughs> yeah april, April, May. april now it's dark and cloudy here but <laughs> August, i saw September. this chart that showed how much variable um renewable energy could be in a single day. Was it, was that solar or wind? I can't remember, but just within nanoseconds and minutes, there can be fluctuations that really affect the grid. Is, do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's both in solar and wind. Uh, there's a, there's quite a bit of uh, flexibility in how much they're putting out at any time or unpredictability, I should say. And so they have to keep a fossil fuel energy plant going. Uh, they can't just rely just on the solar panels just on the wind turbines, right? I mean, it has to, because the system can't go down. Yeah, there's nowhere in the world that we found that uh, that's running on solar and wind, uh, despite all the promise. It's a, like a, it's another one of those shell games. Solar wind on its own. On its own. 
where it's, yeah, where it's running on its own without the fossil fuel backup. Yeah, the fundamental problem that, that you get uh, and the challenge that we have, if you're looking at things like wind and solar output, is that you're, you're, built, you're using a lot of fossil fuel to create these technologies. And they very, are very high-tech te- technologies. They use you know, the most destructive industrial processes that we've ever created as humans uh, to create these. They're basically like, you know, if you look at a solar panel, it's basically just like plastering your, your roof with iPhones. It's the same types of materials, the same types of scary things that we know of that go into our electronics. And once we spend all of that energy to create them, what we get back out of them is is a very low quality energy. Yeah, let me and let me say a couple of things just in preface too. I'm scared to death today. I'm really scared. I mean, of course, I'm nervous. The movies, come, you know, is out, and uh, I'm really curious to see how people react and uh, all that normal human stuff. But you know, oil just went into negative territory. You know, the last time oil prices collapsed, we went into the Great Recession, but now it's actually less than zero. So we've got the pandemic and this incipient crisis, and um, you know it's a it's a very frightening uh, day. Um, but what I wanted to say about the um, one of the problems with discussing this, and the reason you know Ozzy wrote a book rather than just a paper, and I made a movie rather than just a bunch of videos, is that you have to step back and look at the whole thing. You know, so you, you can rationalize any one thing. Oh, they're going to work out a way to deal with the variability of the wind. Oh, they're going to work out a way to make batteries or electric cars more, you know, out of less toxic materials or, oh, but, you know, we got to step back and look, we have to step back and look at the whole universe of industrial processes that brings us solar panels, wind turbines, electric cars, that creates the power lines that connects them, that creates the backup energy sources. Um, and it's all just adding up, you know, uh, Ozzy once pointed out to me that when we uh, had got nuclear power, we didn't give up fossil fuels. We just added the nuclear power. And when we got fossil fuels, we didn't stop burning trees for energy. We kept burning trees, you know, so this all just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. If you ask the question, does the planet want us to build millions of square miles of solar panels? Does it want us to, to carve up millions of pr- square miles of desert or forest or prairie to plaster our technology across it? What does that have to do with saving the planet? That's just a way of saving our lifestyles. And it's not even saving our lifestyles. It's, it's just a, a, something we cling to. Other people might cling to religion. We cling to this illusion that we've got green technology. And, I, and I've got to say, one of the things that propels me is the awareness that, you know, how did hippies... And environmentalists and people like me, because I once thought that solar panels were one of the answers. Um, how did we ever get convinced that this technology was was green? You know, we we're not convinced our iPhone is green, but yes, somehow we've gotten convinced a solar panel is green. So, but that's that's why it's really important that people see the movie because you've got to get a sense of the whole thing that we're doing in the name of going green. And it's just another form of destruction of the planet. And you know that you know that's what I really like about Jeff's film. I don't know how you feel about this, uh, Michael, but it really feels like you're binge watching a true crime story. It, like it feels like the whole. It feels like you watch the whole thing uh, at once. And it's 
I think it's just thrilling to watch because Jeff really lays bare this incredible amount of, of original research. Um, and, and I think that's why we have seen in, in, the, in the little test screenings that we've had so far that it has just really affected audiences. And, and, and I think that's why, because there's a hunger out there uh, for that kind of journalism. Well, because we want to be told the truth, even if the truth is is difficult to swallow. Yeah. And this truth, you know, and, you know, we were talking about this, you know, beforehand about doing this um, release of, of the film, of Planet of the Humans, uh, on this day, the day before Earth Day. But also it's during this pandemic. And it's like, but it's like, I, you know, I said to you guys, this is, this is exactly when we should be watching this because... Um, I think we all instinctively know it's not just this one virus that there are so many things that are afoul regarding the balance in this world, in nature, um, obviously politically, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the serious out of whack way things are turning out. And we've been seeing little, little red flags about this, some big red flags and um, I can't think of a better time than right now when we're all sort of reconsidering and wondering, how did we get here? How is it that tens of thousands of people are dying right now? And what else are we not thinking of? I mean, my brain, I hope everybody's brain is big enough to handle more than one thought right now, because if we don't think about the other things that are coming down the pike, we're doomed. And I refuse to be doomed. So I can't think of a, a better time. And I, I asked you guys if we could do this, if we could release this and let's release it, you know, for free. Let's make it easy for people to go to YouTube and watch this masterpiece of a documentary, uh, unlike anything I had ever seen. And Jeff, Ozzy's right. When we watch this and we've all watched it a number of times and we've watched it with those test audiences and we did a, a, a kind of a work in progress screening at the, at my film festival uh, this past year. And, and it's, it's so people are at the end of this film riveted. They are stuck in their seats, just sitting there uh, with mouths open. Basically they're They cannot believe that, that not the right wing, but people on our side have been on the wrong road and not necessarily for nefarious reasons, but just because they just were wrong. And then some of them decided they could start making a profit, making money off using that word green. And um, Jeff, boy, you just, I mean, when you just said that right now about being scared and scared today about all the news of today, both the pandemic, but also this whole thing with that essentially oil, the price of oil is free. It's like if I hope planet Earth wasn't listening today to the news when they heard when they heard that yesterday, actually, that because that's the last thing the planet needs. But this is this is out of control. And um, well, let me explain why that's yeah, that's a, yeah. a weird problem that we don't understand. Um, you know, if we just shut everything down and that's why another reason I made the film is because we can't have a collapse. I don't want to collapse in a, in an uncontrolled collapse. We will not only do terrible things to each other, but we'll do terrible things to every remaining living thing on earth rather than perish. 
And that's the worst case scenario for both humans and the planet. So we've got to control, have a controlled ending of growth and a controlled reversal of growth, or we, or we're not going to make it and the planet's not going to make it. But if we think about the context, we, none of us like oil. None of us like the fact we're addicted to oil. But the reality is in 1800, just before we got onto our main addiction here, humans used five terawatts of energy. By 1970, we'd gone up to about, oh, 70,000 terawatts approximately. That's five times 70,000. That's, that's many orders of magnitudes, magnitude of increase in those, what, you know, 170 years. But in the last 50 years, we've went from 70,000 to 150,000. We've more than doubled. And so that gap between 5,000 terawatts from basically bioenergy and wind natural sources back in 1800 to, you know, what is that? I mean, a hundred times, a thousand times the energy use that we had back then. That, that mountain of increase of everything human propelled by energy, that's what frightens me to death. And so, yes, we can say, oh, yes, oil, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a very bad sign when things began to fall apart like this. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we've got this one chance, this one, I think this is a calm before the storm. This isn't the storm. And this is, this calm is our chance to figure this out. Now. Now. To figure out that the only way out of this is to end growth and reverse it. And lo and behold, the planet has given us the experience of ending growth. It's painful, but we're still all alive. We did it in a week to save ourselves. Can we do it in a month to save the planet? Can we do it in a year to save the entire earth? That's the question before us. Not when are we going to all buy solar panels or buy a new Tesla? So define growth because this is something that every night on the news, Wall Street, everything is all about, did you make more than yesterday? Did you make more profit? Did you make more stuff? Did you make, it's all about, and, and companies are judged on whether or not, like it's not good enough. Let's say that Apple had a record year last year in the sales. I'm just making this up of iPhones. Um, I don't think it was actually a record year, but let's just say it was. <clears throat> That's not good enough for Wall Street if they just do the same this year. Like what would be wrong if they just sold as many this year as last year? Why do they need to sell more? They had a massive profit that they made. Why is more better? But there's something about our thinking here, Jeff. And and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about economists necessarily. I'm talking about just the average person feeling that growth is good, more is better. And and if I go and buy that extra thing, whatever that thing is, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm also putting people to work and people are are get to have a job. Uh, and I'm, I'm keeping the money circulating in the economy. That's, I mean, this is this is before everybody was laid off and, and shut down. But, but it seems like if we come out of this, not if I think we will come out of this, but but when we come out of it, God forbid we go back to this this old way. But just explain this to people in terms of of the necessity of growth in order to be to get the approval whether it's of Wall Street or the media or whatever? Well, I think one thing that's uh, apparent is that growth is not necessarily 
um, built into who we are as humans. I think we've killed off any uh, culture, tribe, uh, people that have, that have attempted to live simply and sustainably. We've destabilized them, um, whether that's in North America, Africa, Australia, Polynesia. Um, that's the story of, of uh, the current culture we have. It's being victorious by being willing to exploit the environment and to continuously grow. We've kind of overridden the non-growing cultures. But the other part of that is I think we have a profound illusion about what wealth is. And uh, that's one of the things that enables the story of permanent growth. Um, Ozzy, didn't we talk about the, in, the, in, the early, in the early days of uh, uh, working together, talk a lot about what, the, what was the meaning of money? You know, it seemed like unclear to people what money actually was. Yeah. It's a, and when you think about it, what is money? Like what it's, it's, you know, what we think of as monetary currencies ultimately just a, represent a promise to extract natural material when it, when it comes down to it. And in fact, you can look at the financial economy as just being a way of coordinating the story of dividing up obligations and benefits of extracting natural material. Highly unequal way of dividing it up. Um, and all wealth ultimately depends on that flow of energy in the form of fuel and fertilizers and labor and so on. Um, and, and, you know, coming back to the issue of growth, growth is actually the opposite of what we think of it, I think. Um, because as we grow, what that means is that every person on the planet gets a smaller piece of the pie on average. And so we grow larger and larger and larger. There's going to be less and less available uh, per capita. And then when you add that to the unequal distribution of, of wealth and access to natural material extraction, the situation becomes even more uh, unsettling. Yeah, and certainly, I think when we talk about almost 8 billion people, that alone is, is extremely unsustainable. But, um, you know, each of us in America, um, on average, because some people, again, don't have much here. Many people don't have much. But um, on average, we are probably a thousand times, uh, consuming a thousand times more than people like in Somalia. And maybe um, 75% more than most people around the world. So our footprint uh, as a human is more like a, uh, an elephant or a Tyrannosaurus Rex than a, uh, a person living in a less, uh, quote unquote, well-off country. Which, by the way, we always call them developing countries. Like, mm. you know, where people used to ride bicycles, they're developing into electric cars and airplanes and gasoline cars. That's, that's what we consider development. Uh, I think we've got the wrong measure of what happiness and human well-being comes from. So in this um, moment we're in, um, there's, you know, obviously Jeff and Ozzy, there's a lot of despair and there's a lot of confusion and people don't know what's next. Um, they can't even get a test they can't even know whether or not they've even had the virus. They don't know. Um, it, it seems like um, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around these other problems we have when we can't even get a face mask or a pair of gloves. Um, and we're all so deathly afraid that either we're going to get sick or somebody's going to get sick or somebody we know is going to die. And um, it's, it's, I've been putting a lot of thought into this because um, 
And I guess when I suggested to you guys that we do this film today, that we actually release a, a, a major motion picture, a, a feature length film that has been years, years in the making and all of our plans of how we were going to uh, do this and, and, you know, theatrical and distribution and all this and just realizing, no, that, that now is the time all of us need to be talking about not just the virus, but everything about this. And um, I read an op-ed that you wrote, Jeff, that's I think going to be appearing sometime soon here about this and like, why now and why, why should we be, what's the connection here between the coronavirus and all the things that you're talking about in this film in terms of how we, how we save the planet and how we connect ourselves to what's uh, going on. And I know what a lot of it means. Um, I can tell just from the mail I get and from this podcast, people have friggin' had it. And, um, and I know Jeff and Ozzy, people don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to the old, the old ways we were living. And there's no more important time than to have this discussion than, than right now. Yeah. And I think it's important to keep a vision that, um, you know, are we, are we any happier than people were in previous generations? Are we any happier than tribal people or simple living cultures? I, I don't think so. I think the, uh, having been a social worker for a while, I think the uh, level of stress and mental illness and addiction, you know, it's been going up and up and up. So I, I think there's, um, if we look in the mirror that we've got a problem with even really enjoying and being happy with all of this stuff and all this growth. Um, and so when I think about, I don't like to being trapped here, but when I think about more of a staying home and getting to know each other, and growing things in our own yards and coming to, to wonder how we can bring back the pollinators and the, 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 the butterflies and the birds and, you know, asking a different set of questions. I think the virus has taught us, you know, I think some part of us knows that it's ludicrous to think that we're going to buy our way out of this with millions of solar panels and electric cars. The coronavirus is teaching us that out of the blue are going to come things from the planet. And, that we've got to change our ways completely, not just piecemeal try and build out some technology that keeps our lifestyles going. I see, well, what, you know, what is the coronavirus, what is the coronavirus really taught us aside from the fact that we didn't buy enough toilet paper? Um, <laughs> or maybe for me, it's taught me to scream at the orange man on the TV and then just turn the TV off because, because I can't take it. Right. But, the coronavirus, I, I really feel, is the planet's immune response against us. You know, it's where a single species kind of overrunning and decimating an entire living planet. We killed off the other, the predators that, that would keep us limited long ago. We killed off the competitors like the Neanderthals. And what does nature have left? Nature has disease. And so where did the virus come from? It came from people abusing ecosystems, often desperate people who didn't have enough to eat, um, killing bats, pangolins, other endangered species. Um, and out of those damaged e ecosystems and stressed species, and by the way, research shows that stressed species emit diseases to humans. That's where Ebola came from, too. Mm -hmm. um, that into those, from those stressed animals, 
into a very dense population of humans in China, Wuhan, China, uh, stuffed together up to 12 to a room in a, in a city of 12 million people to make our stuff with low pollution controls in a very polluted environment, into that kind of uh, brew came this virus. Then the virus discovered jet airplanes and traveled the planet. It got into another dense uh, setting in New York City. Um, but now it's spreading through the countryside. There were just three in the last week in this county where I live, where there's only a few thousand people, three cases here. Um, so I think the virus arose from one of these discontinuities that we weren't expecting where just suddenly something appears. Um, you know, what's going to happen when the pollinators fishing finish collapsing? Uh, yeah, right. When we, the bees are gone, what does life look like then? And it's not just climate change harming the bees. Let's just be clear about that. There's all the toxins that we put into the air. There's the radio waves. There's the, um, you know, the trees have been dying across the planet. We've, chur we've churned up millions of acres for agriculture, but we've churned up, churned up millions of acres of, uh, we've churned up millions more acres recently for biofuels. And the, the acreage that we keep plowing up keeps increasing. So what do we think is going to happen to the butterflies and the bees? Um, so th the movie isn't just about renewable energy and it's not even really about the state of the planet. It's about so many things. Um, that's kind of hard to, um, you know, a lot of the film deals with the fact that not only is this, that we, that we've been spoon. A lot of the movie deals with the reality that, um, capitalism and our corporate masters and the bankers and industrialists who run the economy have taken advantage of our fears and gotten their tentacles around the environmental movement in lots of ways, both direct and subtle. And they have helped narrow the story to climate change is the only concern. And of course, it's very real and very deadly, but they have helped narrow that story down to just climate change because it yields up, oh, we can solve it by building technology. Hmm. Right. And I think that's why they've kind of captured the environmental movement. And it's very depressing today to read, I don't know if it's depressing, it makes me angry. It's just the Earth Day thing after Earth Day thing. They're just all, it's just all about climate and renewables. I just got a, a, an email from the Union of Concerned Scientists about Earth Day, and it's from their, their climate person. Well, where's their whole Earth person? Where is their ecology person? Where's their whole planet person? We don't have that anymore. We have the climate desk. We have the, again, I'm not, climate scares the hell out of me too, climate change. But uh, we've narrowed it down to this one story, climate change plus renewables equals we're saved. And just so happens to be a giant profit center for industry. Ozzy, you want to add anything to that? Oh, well, I mean, this is how, this is how your film works. And it, it sneaks up on you. And it starts out with what the kinds of things you just discussed. It starts off with, wow. Holy crap! Is, is that, that that can't possibly be happening? No way! And then you're only halfway through the film, and then the whole second half, you know, Michael, it, it's transformative. It's kind of it takes that understanding, and then it, it widens the scope. And Jeff opens it up, and he kind of he opens up this uh, this way of viewing the world and and our and our space, our 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 place in it, in the time that we're in right now. Um, in a way that I, I've just never seen anyone do before uh, or even come close to doing. Uh, and that's, that's what I really appreciate about it. 
No, I know. There's nothing like this. I mean, it's um, it's uh, it's shocking on one level, but then it's a good shock because you want to you want sometimes you want that bucket of water <laughs> over your head uh, to wake you up. And this is, I think, I hope, will be one of these seminal films that um, when we make things better, we'll look back and say there was this moment and there were people trying to say, wait a minute, hold on. And there was this film and this film was trying to say, we're, 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 it's not that we're barking up the wrong tree. It's where the, <laughs> it's not even the tree. It's, 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 um, to just keep talking about climate change and not deal with the larger issue that it's a part of. Um, to I don't know how did this happen where car- climate got carved off into and and segregated from everything else that we need to be dealing with to save the planet to save ourselves, um, and and we've forgotten about all this other the, the fact that there are. There are too many people consuming too much in a kind of a, in a sort of a drunken spree. Um, and, you know. Well, one answer is around 2006, Al Gore released a film called An Inconvenient Truth, which many of us cheered on because we're like, oh my God, finally somebody is talking about climate change. We're all worried about climate change. But little did the public know that Al Gore had already started an investment fund to profit from the story climate change plus renewables equals we're saved. He had already started a sustainability fund. And so I think most of us that were worried about climate change and were well-intended just slowly got pulled into this seductive story. And I think that's what got funded. And that's the journalism that got funded. And that also made us feel like, oh, we've got an easy solution. So I think it was a seductive story that we were pulled into at kind of the turning point with Clinton Gore, uh, they began to invite, um, you know, uh, you, you couldn't have a meeting of environmentalists. It was filled with, the, you know, the CEO of Walmart, uh, the CEO of this bank. Um, in fact, most of the meetings I saw on video from that time, um, weren't they mostly um, the leaders of industry, Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, when you look at the, the various climate news organizations, uh, there's one called Climate Desk that you mentioned earlier. Um, there's also the Mother Nature Network, Climate Central, Global Possibilities, Inside Climate News. These are all funded by kind of the titans of industry. Uh, Rockefeller money, um, Climate Central is funded by Northrop uh, Grumman, uh, armaments manufacturer and Google. Um, Quartz is uh, funded by Chevron and Boeing and Cadillac and so, um, and, and, and that limits the kinds of questions that those uh, news organizations even think to ask. Uh, and that's really the fundamental issue is that if we're not asking the right questions, we're never, it doesn't matter what answers we get. Right. I mean, there's this, this uh, group, treehugger.com. And you point out in the film, after doing some research, it's funded by uh, a company that is funded by the Koch brothers or now Coke brother. Um, but it's like, wow, how deep into this are they? And, and what kind of wool has been pulled over the eyes of the public? And when you bring up like, um, uh, the Rockefellers and others, you, you have to, you know, start asking the question, 
amongst documentary filmmakers, who's taken this money? Who has taken money from funds that get their money from the fossil fuel industry, from the very things that are causing this destruction? And um, see, I've just opened up a door here and gone somewhere that we're not supposed to go. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you, I know. And you know, some people would say, well, um, maybe some of the the maybe some of the foundations, maybe like the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, they're not in fossil fuels anymore. They're they're now doing good work and uh, they've reinvested the money. And I, what I say to that is, really? So if I go rob my neighbor's house and burn it down and take the money and put it into a restaurant, it's clean money now. It's all good, right? We're all good. Um, so, you know, this insidious, and I don't think anybody who writes for these publications are uh, not well-intended and they're, and they're very, they do good work often and they write about things that we all care about. But as Ozzy said, they're limited without even being aware of it. They're not funded to ask the larger questions about our entire, about our entire human presence. Uh, they're not funded to challenge the idea of growth. They're not funded to challenge capitalism itself. Um, they're funded to tell the stories that are acceptable uh, to the funders. And, uh, you know, we personally experienced what happens when you approach people with money and you challenge <laughs> people with money. Uh, they don't, they don't want to fund you somehow. So, um, but I wanted to say that both of you are very kind in your comments on the film, but um, I think one of the things that makes it unique um, that was my intention, and I hope it comes across, uh, and again, we're talking about particulars in the film, but I, hold it, I hope that the whole is greater than the um, sum of its parts because um, one of the things I wanted to do was to, provi to provide a perspective of looking down on ourselves from the outside a little bit. Even though the movie follows my story, I've tried to ask the questions in terms of uh, if you just step back and look at this, um, what what are the questions nobody's answering, asking, and what do we see? Asking we or see? answering, yeah. So we both love the movie Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, mm -hmm. and that's one of the films that, that asks these holy smokes questions about who we are, where we came from, and where we're going. There's a book called Ishmael about a telepathic gorilla. I know it sounds corny, but it's a very good book where the gorilla is talking with a human from the gorilla's perspective about what we humans have done and challenging all of the human's self-perceptions about what it is to be human. And uh, and so I think that's one of the things that's, that's kind of the background of the film, but I think that's also one of the things we need to learn to do is to take a perspective from outside of ourselves, from, our, from looking at our species from the outside. Um, does that make any sense? Yeah, I. This is a great book. I just want to say Ishmael, but you bet Jeff. Yeah, I usually tell people to just to, just to read it. If I tell them it's about a talking gorilla or a telepathic gorilla, <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I know I didn't read it for years because of that. Yeah, no, I I know exactly right. Neither did I, and then I read it, and I'm like, so many people told me 20 years ago, you know, to to read this, and uh, it's it's one of the great books. So there there you go. Um, don't don't be put off by the. Uh, the, uh, the gorilla with superpowers. Um, but, but I think I just want to, um, I wanted, I want to just, you know, I don't know if I want to warn people, but I want to tell you that when you watch this film, um, 
of Jeff's uh, Planet of the Humans that that it's going to it's going to rock your world a bit. It's going to tell you some things about, for instance, the Sierra Club, about Mike Bloomberg and his environmental uh, 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 plan uh, and the money he that he puts around into these groups or whatever. This is this is um, generally when we talk about the environment, we don't talk about capitalism and we don't talk about greed and we don't talk about how easy it is to buy certain things um, with the money that the rich have. But, you know, we need to, we need to get into this. We need to save ourselves. We need to save this planet. We need to um, prepare ourselves for the next thing we don't see coming. Um, And I don't want to wait until I'm over my despair over the fact that I haven't been out of the apartment in um, 43 days. <laughs> I um, And I know a lot of people listening to this are feeling this way, but there's really no better time than right now. Um, unless you're one of the, the essential workers, the people that are actually having to stock the grocery shelves, work the pharmacies, be uh, in the hospitals, uh, keep the buses going so people can get to work at the hospitals, uh, keep our lights on, um, all of that. God bless you. Thank you for that. Um, and you have no time probably right now to even think about what we're talking about. But I, I know a lot of people, Jeff, are very, very upset that, that we didn't, we didn't even assume something like this would be coming d- down the block toward all of us. And your film, um, says, well, folks, <laughs> That may not be all, but we have a chance to do something about it. But it isn't what they're going to be talking about tomorrow on Earth Day. Um, it's You're right. It's going to be so many, first of all, so many corporate sponsors of Earth Day, number one. Uh, Jeff shows this in the film. Um, and so many, so much talk about not, it's not the thing that we need right now. And frankly, you had your time to do it and to turn things around and it hasn't turned around. <clears throat> and I don't know why we would still listen to people that who, for whatever their intentions, I assume most of them are well-meaning, uh, tried to do things in these 50 years to save this planet. It didn't work. The planet is dying. The planet is coming apart. And um, and we don't have time to wait anymore to see what the next new techie invention that you're going to give us that's somehow going to save us. We need new leadership. We need new organizations. We need young people taking over. We need a million Gretas. We, we, need, we need to confront a system of greed, of profit motive that is holding us back from doing the things that we need to do to save this environment. And um, it's all there in your film. It's, it's, um, you know, it's not a long film. It's, it's, uh, 98 minutes, I think. Um, but in 98 minutes, you pack this all in, you tell us the things that we haven't heard from anybody. Um, it is, uh, I know the research you've done on this film. I know how many years it's taken you, you know, Ozzy and I have been there, uh, by your side. Um, the, everything in this film is, been thoroughly vetted and and it um, we don't put anything out unless it's the truth and this truth is a tough one to swallow 
Um, but I encourage people um, to go to my YouTube channel. You can watch it for free uh, for the next month. Pass it around. Tell people about it. Um, you know, I we're going to do uh, part two of this podcast tomorrow. But tomorrow we're going to we'll do a few of uh, we're going to slightly different things with Earth Day happening. Um, mainly, we we want to hear from you and others. Um, we want to continue this discussion, but we'd like you to watch the film first. Uh, watch the film and then um, send send me an email at my email address, uh, Mike at michaelmore.com. Leave a comment on the podcast site here. Leave a voice message on the podcast platform here. Uh, if you can go to Anchor and do that. Uh, uh, we want to hear from you. Um, you can go to Jeff's uh, website, planetofthehumans.org. And is there dot org? Dot, is that right? Dot com. Oh, it's dot com. I'm sorry. Planetofthehumans.com. And, um, and uh, leave uh, Jeff a message. You can read more about the film. Um, if there, if there's, if, you know, and we'll be, we'll, I'm going to be on, um, Stephen Colbert tonight, uh, to talk about, uh, this film to, this is, um, we're recording, this is Tuesday, uh, April 21st on the eve of the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. Um, I will be Stephen Colbert's guest tonight. So tune in, uh, to that. Um, there will be other appearances by myself, Jeff and Ozzy on various, um, TV shows, podcasts, et cetera. We'll keep you informed uh, of that. Um, but we'll be back uh, tomorrow with uh, a part two of this. But we want you to watch the film. So you go to the Michael Moore YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, Michael Moore. And it's the first thing that pops up uh, on there. If you look on the podcast, on the platform site here, on the description of this podcast, we'll have the link there. You could just click and start watching the movie. It's just 98 minutes, as, as I said, because um, we'd love your feedback and we want to start this discussion. We don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for the next shitty thing that's heading our way. It, we've already seen enough and I personally have had enough and um um, we can't stay with the same game plan that we on the left or we we who care about this environment have fought for this environment our entire lives. Uh, this um, this movie I'm I'm hoping is 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 the uh, the thing that will ignite the spark that will get this discussion going and get even more and new action taking place. Not not going for the same old same old methods but a different way, a different way to attack this. And we'll, we'll suggest some things um, uh, tomorrow, but before we leave this episode, um, uh, Basil, uh, not Basil, um, Basil's, Basil's over there um, helping us with the mix. Um, and, and thank you, by the way, Basil is the executive producer of this incredible uh, podcast. This is episode number 71. We have done 71 of these most of them during this pandemic. Um, so thank you for everybody who's been listening and participating in this. But before we go, I just wanted to turn the mic over to each of you one more time to, um, you know, if there was one thing that you wanted to leave people with before they go and watch the film now, uh, something to keep in mind as they're watching um, the film, um, what would that be? Well, for me, um, it would be... And Ozzy, yeah, go first, yeah, Ozzy. Go 
yeah, I just wanted to say to people, this is more of like a you know, logistical thing, but I'm just warning you, you're probably going to want to talk to someone after you watch this film. It, it, I mean, I can't speak, actually, after I watch the film, and it happens to me every time I watch it. It, it takes a little bit of time, but then I want to talk to someone. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching it with, with friends remotely, uh, but we're all going to kind of click play at the same time. So if you have a few friends that you feel comfortable watching it with, that's that you'll be happy that you did that after the film's over. Yeah, and first of all, I want to thank uh, Basil for um, keeping us on track here, <laughs> helping make this happen. And uh, this film could not have happened without you, Michael. I mean, I really appreciate your support. Um, this has been a very uh, enlightening and exhilarating and uh, difficult process. It's not easy to dive into the dark side. And Ozzy, too, you've been here for years now. I thought I think I told you, oh, we'll finish this up in a few months. <laughs> you know, come in and help me. It's been a number of years. And uh, just I can't say how much uh, I love both of you and how much I appreciate you know, your dedication uh, in doing this. We've all just volunteered and made it happen. And uh, our editor, Angie, Angela Vargas, who's um, sitting back there waiting for any last minute things we've got to put out uh, as far as media. But um, really, there's two things I want to say. You can decide which one is the main point. But um, this film, in a very vague way, I never wanted this to be overt, but this film, in a, in a general way, is a callback to, to those of us and, and to a generation that got a lot of stuff right. We just lost our way. You know, we knew that living simply and living closer to nature and loving nature as we love ourselves, we knew that was the right path, the Earth Day generation. We knew that capitalism and industrialism weren't going to save us. We knew that partnering with bankers wasn't going to save us. Um, we knew that we had to have, you know, fewer people living you know, a good life. And we knew that we had to take care of everybody. When we say fewer people, there's many people that need to be taken care of that have nothing on this planet. And, and so that we had, and maybe still do have a lot of the right values in the Earth Day generation and that were present in Earth Day. A lot of victories were made. And so as often happens, movements lose their way. And this is really a callback, a callback to where we started. Um, and I think it's coming this is a time of great danger and great fear. Uh, the other thing I would leave everyone with is there's still blue whales. There are still monarch butterflies. There's still a handful of redwoods. You know, there's only a, a few of everything, but they're still here. And this is our chance to get it right. You know, when the plague came into Europe, uh, when was that? In the 1400s? Yeah, yeah. The Black Death came in. It wiped out half the population. It decimated the economy. It decimated everything. And it's not an accident that came after the collapse of the Roman Empire, who had devastated the forests and the environment all the way from northern Africa, all the way up to Ireland. And so after that collapse, Europe reformed. We got the Renaissance. We got science. We got medicine. The Enlightenment. The Enlightenment. Yeah. Democracy. Democracy. So if we would ever just stop and say, aren't we really, really fucking lucky to be where we're at and to have green grass outside and things that we're, that are going to grow and feed us. We just have to find the right balance and the off switch. And this virus is giving us a chance to do that. Uh, we, I hope we can do it without any more deaths. Um, we've got to do that. But if, you know, if we don't get this right, it's going to keep coming. But I guess where I was digressing from is we, we, this really is a tremendous opportunity, the time we're in. 
um, to become the species we we should become we should be. So I agree with that, and um, I um, it's been a real pleasure to work with you and Ozzy on this. As you said, this has been a, a labor of love on on all three of our parts. Um, I can safely say that uh, none of us have taken a paycheck or anything for this. We have worked on this for years because we are so committed uh, to turning this around and, and we think it can happen. We need to start this discussion. The movie uh, can do that. It's one of the best documentaries um, I've seen in years and it, um, it may blow your mind a little bit, but in a good way, um, it's a it's a voice from uh, a film and a voice from somebody I've known um, since high school. We are of Flint, Michigan, folks, and and we have now another uh, filmmaker from Flint in the form of Jeff Gibbs and um, Ozzy. You where'd you grow up in Kalamazoo or Grand Rapids over there in the Kalamazoo, West? but I lived in Flint for many years. That's right. You did. I forgot about that. If that right. counts. That's right. So you once so, said it's up to people from Flint to help fix the world because we helped build the thing. One of the things that was destroyed the world. So yes, the general motors was invented in Flint, Michigan. We, we, the internal combustion engine is, is our doing. And, uh, and the, the least we can do is try to fix this planet and, and all the damage not only that that is caused, but all the things that you point out in this film in terms of our overconsumption and our our um, our inability to confront the profit motive uh, that is is working hand in hand uh, to de- to destroy us. And I um, I know that uh, many of you have uh, some free time today, so I encourage you to please watch this. It's free. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, you just type in the search on Michael Moore YouTube. It's right there. It'll just come, it'll come right up. And, um, it's called planet of the humans. And I, I, uh, we're very excited to release this, to do our, uh, sort of what it's the Beyonce drop. It's the method of it's when Beyonce <laughs> drops a new album and doesn't tell anybody about it. It just suddenly appears. Well, about, uh, an hour ago, we just, put this up online for free for all of you. And uh, not that we're Beyonce. Don't let's not, let's not cross certain lines here. We are, we are just from Flint, but uh, we care so desperately about these issues and what we're all going through right now. And we invite you to, to participate, partake in this gift that we're giving you and let us know what you think. And we'll be back at you tomorrow with uh, part, part two of this. And hopefully we can include some of your comments um, and things that you email or or put on the podcast platform uh, for us to listen to or to or to read. Um, so on behalf of Jeff Gibbs, uh, the filmmaker and the producer, um, uh, Ozzy Zennert, uh, this is Michael Moore. You've been listening to Rumble. And uh, this is my sincere invitation to you uh, to begin the Rumble with us on this planet of the humans go watch it right now thanks everybody thanks jeff and thanks ozzy thank you thank you so much thank you everybody see everybody tomorrow